Welcome to The Short-Term Show, the show about short-term rentals and long-term wealth, with real property owners hosting real properties who are crushing it in the vacation and short-term rental space. And here's your host, Avery Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show has been brought to you by your friendly short-term shop real estate agent. We are hyper-local and totally dedicated to your success. Whether you want to buy your next short-term rental or sell the one you currently own, we would be honored to earn your business. We are in all of the best vacation markets in America. Find us at theshorttermshop.com. That's theshorttermshop.com. Brokered by EXP. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Short-Term Show. Today, we have a return guest that you are all familiar with. And if you're not familiar, then I don't know where you've been. Uh, <laughs> have Rob Abasolo or Rob Built, for those of you who, who are big YouTube people. Uh, Rob, how's it going? How's it going? Listen, I'm just honored that you said it right. Most people say Robilt, and I'm like, you don't watch the channel, but you know, I appreciate <laughs> that. Thank you very much. Yes, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I mean, of course, the host of the Bigger Pockets OG podcast, too. That's mm -hmm. a big one. I think, I think last time you were on was before that big accomplishment. So congratulations yes. on that. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't even been on the show. I, I think the last time we talked. And so for me, I it was shortly after that because it was when I was living in Tennessee in Gatlinburg and I got the call to to be on the podcast just as a guest. And I was like, oh my gosh, like my dream has come true. And then, uh, yeah, about, I don't know, a little less than a year after that, here I am. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That is quite a dream come true. It is, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing investing wise over the past two years, I guess, since we talked to you last. Yes. Okay. So I think... Where we left off was I was building a tiny house village in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, that is not built, but it is still getting built. Uh, so one thing that I learned out there was, you know, the 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 labor force out there just works at a different pace than I'm used to. Um, and so I moved out there thinking like I was going to break ground day one and I had my shovel ready and everything like that. And over the next year, I basically found out that development is a very slow moving process. And, uh, you know, I went through several rounds of permitting and doing all that kind of stuff. And now uh, it's kind of crazy. Two years later, I'm, I'm pretty close to the finish line of that whole process. I'm waiting on one final little PDF to be sent to my inbox. And then, and then we can actually break ground. So uh, we'll be building four geodesic tree houses <clears throat> on 52 acres out there in, in Sevierville. And um, I'm also currently working on permitting 65 glamping units out in the Grand Canyon. Um, uh, since we've last talked, I also now own a 20-unit motel as well. So that effectively doubled the portfolio overnight, which is pretty crazy. So I'm sitting at around 38, 39, 40 units, somewhere, somewhere in that realm. I know I should know, but a few things have changed in the past month. And then I've got a few... Uh, irons in the fire right now um in current you know interest rate territory and everything like that i've really been focusing on seller finance sub to uh creative finance all that type of stuff so trying to really heavy up on that side of things these days awesome so i have a lot of questions on a lot of things i took some notes mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. so let's let's start with 
the tree houses. So I, we have so many people on our forums and, and people who want to buy with us that will say, Oh, I really want to do, look, I already found 50 acres. I want to just plop a bunch of tiny homes or tree houses or tents or whatever, what have you on this. Let's go do this. So you being one of the most experienced investors mm-hmm. and influencers out there in this space have learned that it's not just buying a piece of land and plopping a bunch of crap out there. It's it's difficult. So what advice do you have for those people who might think like, oh yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do this and we'll be up and running in 6 months? Yeah, for sure. Well, it's a very interesting case, right? Cuz I did what I call like a, a land hack, which was the the property that I purchased was had a like a 3000 square foot cottage on it. Um and that effectively enabled me to buy that conventionally with like a a, a loan, right? And that's a lot easier to finance in that particular situation than just going out and buying 50 acres of land. Um, ultimately, I think what I've learned is the most important aspect of this entire process is in the DD, the due diligence. Um, and you really can't do any due diligence in the amount of time that a typical real estate transaction happens, right? Typically, you put an offer on a house and you have a couple of weeks to get your inspections, your appraisal and everything like that. When you're talking about going on a grander scale and actually developing more than, let's say, a unit in an ADU, the rules change quite a bit because you're you're basically falling under the deed restrictions and the zoning of that particular property. So luckily for me, that property actually was in an agricultural uh, zoning. And that made it a lot easier for me to even have that conversation with the building officials. Now, I was uh, you know, wide-eyed and uh, stars in my eyes. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to figure it out. Ultimately, I'm really glad I did that. Uh, there are obviously now in retrospect, there are things that I could have done differently. And I would say biggest piece of advice I could give anybody that's looking to do this is go out to that city and go to the building department in person and then go to the zoning department in person and actually talk to the people of that city about what can and can't be built there. Because what I did was I called and they get a lot of people that call, right? Like a lot of people that are like, I want to do a tiny house village. And then they're like, oh gosh, another one of these, right? And so they don't really give you the time of day. Um, And I pestered them enough to where they answered my questions, but they didn't really answer them to the fullest, right? And it wasn't until I bought the property, moved out there, spent a lot of money that I actually went to the city and talked to them to really find out sort of the guardrails of that property. So due diligence, give yourself a lot of time, especially if you're buying big pieces of acreage, make sure you have a couple of months to actually run proper due diligence on that property, look into the zoning, and then make a trip out there, walk the property, first of all. Um, And second of all, talk to someone, talk to someone in person, because it will really open your eyes to the cans and can'ts of that property. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's really good advice because uh, a lot of people just see, oh, this is unrestricted. I can do whatever I want and it'll be quick. I mean, I'm trying to build one house just to live in. And when I started that process around this time last year, so we're in August, I thought we were going to break ground in March. No, a year later on one house, not even having to subdivide <laughs> and do different things. We're not yeah. even through through engineering yet. We don't, we're not even close to getting a permit. So, and that's just one house. So I think it's really important to be realistic on your timelines and things. And if if you're somebody who needs to get that cash flow rolling in right this second, then maybe this isn't the thing for you Definitely to do not. yet. 
No, no. I think a uh, new construction in general, I would tell people is the best way to get into real estate, to build equity and to have awesome cash flow. But the caveat is it's going to take you, if you're just talking about a single family home, it's going to take you 12 to 18 months to actually build a house. Um, and so if you want to go that route, just understand development and new construction year, year and a half, easy. So if you're counting on that cash flow, definitely not the strategy. If you need the cash flow today, then you need to just go and buy a property that already exists. Totally agree with that. All right. Now let's let's switch gears into this motel. So where is this? <laughs> it's in the Adirondacks in uh, New York, cool. right outside of Tupper Lake. Okay. And how'd you find it? Instagram, funny enough. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. So, someone sent me a DM and they said, hey, I'm, I'm selling this property. Uh, I know that you're looking for cool Airbnbs. I think once it's renovated, it could be a pretty cool Airbnb hotel type of thing. And I was like, okay. Sure. Uh, and he's like, oh, and I'm willing to sell or finance it. And I was like, where do I sign? So <laughs> we bought this hotel. <clears throat> and uh, I think, oh man, I can't remember now, but I, I want to say it was like $625,000. It was like 20% down. And I think we negotiated it at like 2% interest um, from the from the seller. So that was a pretty, pretty big one for us. I don't think we were expecting to go into the, the motel or hotel space. But for me, I honestly... Uh, as much as I hate to say it, I do think the true path for scaling for a short-term rental investor is acquiring a hotel motel or arch nemesis. But the plan with that was always to convert that into basically an automated Airbnb boutique hotel. Like we'll list it all on Airbnb. It'll all live through that. Um, and so, yeah, that's been a really interesting set of operations and procedures and systems that we've had to develop. Well, let's hear about that because I, like you said, I think a lot of people are looking to make that jump from single family short-term rentals into hotels or motels. It actually kind of makes me giggle every time somebody posts on Facebook or says like, hey, um, I want to do like get this new idea, a multifamily short-term rental. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, yeah, uh -huh. that would be a hotel actually. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people want to make that jump. What advice do you have for them? Like, what are some big differences that you see between running and investing in single family short-terms and actual motels? Yeah, for sure. Well, first and foremost, I would say uh, scale accordingly. You know, it's not like I just bought a motel because I was like, this should be cool. Um, I had already bought at that point 14 or 15 Airbnbs. And so I felt like I was at that time in my life where I could buy a motel because I was like, well, it's a 20 unit motel. I have 15 Airbnbs. Theoretically, it should be about the same amount of work. Um, so don't really, I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone to not go for their dreams if a great opportunity um, comes up because I know a lot of people that buy motels as their first investment or as their third or fourth one. So definitely a path forward for anyone that wants to do that. However, um, I think with anything in the Airbnb space, you really want to you want to jump from lily pad to lily pad, not pond to pond. Um, and it's really easy to want to jump from pond to pond. And while you may be able to do it, it isn't necessarily the easy way, right? Um, and so for us, that that's kind of it, it felt right. Um, you know, around the same time, I had actually closed on a three point two five million dollar mansion in Scottsdale. Uh, and same thing there. Like I would never just go and sign on a property that's going to be a $17,000 mortgage unless 
I had known that I could handle it. And so one thing that I want people to understand is generally the bigger the investment, the bigger the uh, amount of time that goes into said investment, aka the more amount of work. So <laughs> while it is a consolidated motel, it is a lot of work. Uh, and when you buy something like a multifamily in that capacity, or when you buy a, a business, you're not buying an automated machine, you are buying a job. Um, and so I want everyone to understand that as much as we all want the passive income dream, which exists, I think, later down the line of, of being a real estate investor, it's work. Um, and you know, I always say this, it's not hard, but it is hard work, right? And uh, it is like a lot of time that goes into it. Very similar though. It's not like we're scratching our heads like, how does this work in a motel? It's all the same concepts. It's all the same hospitality mentality. It's all the same stuff. It's just more and a little different. So there's a little bit of critical thinking that goes into solving those problems. I think that that luckily I was prepared for, my partner was prepared for it because we just had so many Airbnbs at that point. Yeah. And I think what you where you said that you're essentially buying a job is something that I really want to highlight because there are so many influencers out there that are like, I quit my job to run two Airbnbs. And like, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I did do that, but I was making $35,000 a year, which was like a thousand dollars a month. So my mm -hmm. very first long-term, that's very easy to replace. So I was making a lot less than most people. Um, and I think that <laughs> yeah. we really yeah. do, <laughs> it's easier. It was easier for me to do because I wasn't making anything. Um, so, but I think a lot of people, they're, they're looking for that. I want to jump out of my corporate job and I want to do it now because I'm tired of my boss and I'm tired of sitting here all day. And I get it. And I've been there too, but you really have to look at, at it as supplementary income and a, a job because it is, it is a business. You have to run it. And I think a lot of people think, well, you know what, this is going to be passive income and I'm just going to throw my phone in the ocean and never have to do anything again. And like, yeah, yeah it, it's just not that you can go to the gym in the middle of the day or do your work in the middle of the night if you want, not in a nine to five scenario, but it is still work. And it <laughs> but is- But you, you still have to answer messages at the gym yes. though. Yes, you still have to. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to between sets or it's going to, I always say it's going to interrupt your dinner at some point. All but... the time. It's, you, listen, I have PTSD. Like my thing, <laughs> my thing, my whole life, I am a movie guy. I love going to the movies. I love going to the theater. I cannot walk into a theater and enjoy a movie at 100% because 2% of my brain's always like, what's going to go wrong now? Mm -hmm. And so I have a property manager, like I have an assistant who's like my property manager, but, and she handles most things, right? I get every, this is like always mind blowing to so many people. I get every single message that comes through on Airbnb. I read every single one. I don't respond to them because I know that my property manager assistant can do it. But when I see, like I like to be connected to the entire thing. So even for me, as quote unquote passive short-term rentals are, not really. Like I still, I still do it. Like I'm still in the weeds a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that like nothing is truly passive investing in real estate unless it's you're just handing money to a syndication. Like we were we were on vacation uh in Montana in March. And our property manager on one of our long terms called. We just had to like knock down a row of garages that was like not salvageable. And we redid all the asphalt. And somebody wrote the F word in a stick in the concrete that we had to then deal uh -huh. with. Like, so it's not just short term. It's any, any real estate investing is not truly passive. So I just wanted for you to kind of set the record straight with everybody 
because I think everybody thinks that I'm going to buy three houses and I'm never going to work again. And that's just not the case. It's true. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, while we just gave that whole little soapbox moment, I just got an <laughs> inquiry on Airbnb for a property. <laughs> so that's a good, that's a good times though. Like whenever you get the, the re, like the request and you're like, Oh, okay. Thousands of dollars. That's great. Yes, but was- uh, most of the time it's like the re, the remote doesn't work. And it's like, did you use the right one? And they're like, no, sorry. No, I was using this, <laughs> this stick outside. And it's like, Oh gosh. <laughs> yep. Yep. So it's always supplementary and, and keep that job until you've maxed out all your all the loans you can get, use that income until you absolutely can't anymore. But I think I yeah. think we have talked, we've preached enough. <laughs> Did you know there's actually a company that will help you find and purchase your first or next short-term rental? The Short-Term Shop is the premier short-term rental acquisition company. They have a team of realtors with tons of experience, and most of them actually own their own properties as well. They are the best in the business and would be happy to help you with your next purchase. You can find them at theshorttermshop.com. Brokered by EXP. Theshorttermshop.com. This episode is brought to you by the premier short-term rental Facebook group, Short-Term Rental Long-Term Wealth. We have nearly 50,000 members. This is the biggest independently owned and operated SCR Facebook group and it has been curated by yours truly, Cashflow Carl. Join us on Facebook. Search the groups for Short-Term Rental Long-Term Wealth. That's Short-Term Rental Long-Term Wealth on Facebook. Uh, Let's talk about now, you and I were talking uh, recently about adding cool amenities to your short-term rentals. So I think that's something that our audience would like to hear about uh, right now because we're in September. So it's a little bit of a slump time with kids going back to school. So tell us about that. Yeah. So I have kind of gone through this new uh, revolutionary thing, uh, mindset change, I suppose, where I'm actually just, call me crazy, reinvesting back into my properties. I actually don't think this is talked about nearly enough because it's a lot sexier to say, I just bought another house versus I just put a hot tub in an existing house and didn't buy a house, right? It's way cooler to add doors to your portfolio. Uh, For everyone at home, I was doing air quotes when I said doors. And uh, I think what I've come to realize uh, is... Listen, it's really tough out there right now with interest rates. I totally understand that. And I don't think that should bar you from buying. I think you should be looking for good deals. But while you're looking for good deals, the number one thing that every short-term rental host in 2023 and 2024 should be focusing on is how to maximize the revenue of their current properties first before thinking about getting into their next property. Because if you just think about it simply, all right, right now you're going to go buy a house your interest rate is going to be 7.5%. And you are fighting tooth and nail to get a 20% cash on cash return. And right now, you're probably looking closer to a 10 to 15 if you're not really good at identifying properties. And that's fine. That's a great return. But 20%, that was super easy Like when interest rates were 3, 3.5, right? But what people should be thinking about now is, all right, how can I increase the profitability of my current property? Because if you think about it, if you're making a profit of $10,000 a year, any dollar that you add after that is pure profit. And so if you're making $10,000 a year and you can increase your revenue by $3,000, guess what? 
that's like a, a, a very solid increase. And I'll give you an example of sort of my mindset and how I was thinking about this. So I built this really cool, you know, I was just itching to do something on my property since I haven't built a tiny house village yet coming soon. And, uh, I built this really massive, like seven, 800 square foot tree house deck. That's like elevated 15 feet off the ground coming off to my house. It's got this awesome pergola. I didn't have a hot tub at my property. And, uh, to be honest, this particular property, when I bought it, I didn't intend to particularly Airbnb it and make money on it. It was just kind of, Hey, we're going to have this, but the tiny house village will make the money. Well, once we didn't build a tiny house, I was like, well, I'm going to put it on Airbnb and hopefully it makes money. And so last year it actually grossed $60,000 mortgage expenses. All that stuff is about all in, I'm going to say 3000. And so we made a profit of roughly 25 K I think on that particular property. I don't have a hot tub. I don't have a theater. I don't have all the important Spooky Mountain things like arcades, game rooms, pool tables, foosball tables, all that stuff, right? And so I know, looking at the competition nearby, everyone's got that stuff. Now, me without having any of that, I grossed $60,000. I made a profit of 25 k roughly, right? All my competition gets more money than me. And so I know by adding those amenities, there's only an upside to that 60000 bucks. And so I built this crazy deck with a hot tub and like a view of the mountains for all in 45 to 50. I got to add some stuff in there. I personally think after looking at my what my competition is making and reviewing the data for being a five bedroom home, I think it could increase my property revenue $25,000. And so even on the low side of that, 20,000 bucks. So when you think about that, that's $20,000 that there are no expenses added to that. It's all just straight profit. And so if I do hit an extra $25,000 in profit from this $50,000 investment, I just made a 50% return on my money. There is no better return than that single investment into my property. And I think that's how everyone should be thinking about it. When people are like, I want to buy my next property. I'm like, well, let me see your other property first. And then I see that they've got so-so photos. They're not even highlighting their best amenities. They don't have a, a key amenity like a hot tub in the Smoky Mountains. And it's like, Go spend $10,000 on that first because likely you'll make more than a 20% return on that money if you strategically invest it. I think that's really smart. And then it kind of also like just ties back into enemy methoding your competition. So yeah. mm -hmm. looking at them, what can I add that will make a potential guest pick me instead of them? And I think people complicate that too much. So if they have a hot tub, if all your enemies have a hot tub, you need to figure out how to get one, but how can you make it better than theirs right. so that you get picked? Right, right. And that's the, a lot of people get so worried about saturation and competition. And I'm like, we have the greatest advantage coming into a market with competition because we get to literally look at the competition's listings, see literally how their design is and one up that design, see what amenities they have, match the amenities and then some it's just most people don't do that. You know, they kind of back back in the day, I think two, three years ago, uh, everyone's like getting into this space and they're like, all right, I'm gonna have a beautifully designed space. I'm gonna have professional photography and a welcome basket, whatever. Those were like, you needed that to really stand out. Now, everyone's got that. Everyone's got professional photography. Everyone's got a cute house in the Smoky Mountains. Everyone's got a hot tub. What are you gonna do to stand out from all that? Yeah. And you have to do stuff. I, and I think a lot of people over the past couple of years who have gotten into this space have just bought 
a middle of the road property and said, oh, well, I'll do better than the last person because I'm going to manage it better. And they don't do, yeah. put any money into it. They don't make any changes. And then they're like, wait a minute, this isn't doing what I was expecting to do. Well, it's because you you didn't do anything to it. Yeah, And yeah. <laughs> it's important to do those things. Yeah. So I'm actively going through the entire portfolio and I'm actually investing about two or $300,000 into my 15 or 16 short-term rentals. So one other thing I did is in that Scottsdale property I was telling you about, I added a pickleball court. It was a $22,000 investment. And the results from that were honestly kind of jaw-dropping. Like I think the next... Uh, so I think we had it up and running officially in May. And then our June revenue was up 25%. Our July revenue was up like 25%. Our September revenue was up like... 20%. Our February revenue was up 40% year over year. And it's just kind of nuts to me that it took us a year to do it. And so now we are really picking that property apart. And I want to invest. I mean, I just saw the results on that like instantly. Like that pickleball court has literally paid for itself, I don't know, three or four times at this point in, in future booking revenue, which is like mind blowing to me. So now I'm going into that property, which honestly wasn't performing the way I wanted it to looked at the competition and said, oh, well, duh, everyone's got mini mini greens and like putt-putts. Everyone's got home theaters. Everyone's got arcades. Everyone's got string lights over their pools. Everyone's got hot tubs. I don't have any of that. I just have this cool architectural house with nice design. And guess what? As cool as an architectural house is, people, they don't want to just look at the house. They actually want to enjoy themselves in the house with their family. And that's, that's really what's important in the Smoky Mountains too, is you're, you can have the most beautiful cabin in the world, but there's, people are still going to bring their kids that are going to be running around and need to be kept busy. So if you don't have things for those kids to do or for people to do, um, it's just not going to book because people would rather just pay more money for more amenities. It's all about keeping those kids busy. It is. <laughs> Got to wear listen, them out. <laughs> that is my my next Airbnb. I just went to an Airbnb with my wife and a couple of other couple of friends and kids and. It was awful. Oh my God. It was just, there's stairs everywhere and it was like, everything was sharp. And I was like, oh, so next Airbnb I designed will be the most cushiony, kid-centric, kid-friendly Airbnb in the United States. That is my goal for the next Airbnb. And I will stay in that Airbnb. <laughs> yeah. It is. When you're in a, a play, like we had a, a an Airbnb like fail recently, not our own, where we stayed in a property in Colorado and they did not disclose in the listing that the person lives there and they just leave oh. when you book. And oh, so, oh, I see. I see. Okay. Yeah. Like they, they just say, Oh, I got a booking. Guess I'll jet. And there's like all this person's food everywhere and their stuff. And like, if you open oh. the closet, like all of the, and I was just oh, like, oh, so it's God, like Airbnb 1.0 basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I was super stressed the whole time. Cause I'm like, Oh, I didn't realize that like I am paying attention to the kids, but it's just having to constantly tell everybody what to do and then mom's being grumpy and then nobody's having a fun time. So. And then kids run run up to you with like a pair of scissors in their hand and you're like, dang it, where, where did you get that? And then they're like, yeah. over there. There's yeah. a drawer full of sharp things. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm definitely on board with your with your next idea, which is a good segue into some things that you have coming up that I will actually also be at speaking at. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Yeah. So uh, we're, I'm throwing a short-term rental conference called HostCon. Um, this is the second one that I've done. Uh, I threw the first one back in January of 2023, so about eight, nine months ago. And uh, I really didn't know what I was doing, but 
it was one of the coolest experiences of all time. It sold out. It was standing room only. We ran out of food. We just did not plan. Well, hey, I would say we didn't plan, but we didn't plan for success. We were like, oh, like if a couple hundred people show up to this thing, it's going to be great. And it ended up being this magical thing where people partnered up with each other, invested with each other, like the speakers got to know a lot of the people in the audience. And so crazy guy over here said, hey, let's do it again. And uh, we're doing HostCon 2.0. We were going to do it every other year or sorry, every year. But I was like, well, this is close enough. So HostCon is happening uh, October 28th through the 30th in Houston, Texas. We've got an amazing lineup. You are one of the headline speakers. Um Pace Morby is also going to be speaking there. He's the creative finance king. Jesse Vasquez, who's amazing at midterm rentals and locking down 30-day contracts with like travel agencies and stuff. And I'm also really excited about Christy Wolf. I don't know if you know uh, who Christy is, but she is the one, if you've ever heard about that like potato Airbnb in Idaho that makes like, I don't know, $70,000 a year or something like that. That's hers. She's got like a Hobbit home. She's got basically the most unique properties on Airbnb in the country. And uh, I've actually just been really inspired by her really since the beginning of all this. And so um, it's quite the speaking lineup. I'm excited to get all of you in a room and just uh, selfishly pick all your brains into oblivion. Yeah, I've, I plan to do the same. So I'm really excited about going. And where can people get tickets if they're interested in doing this? This sounds like something they want to get involved in and, and come listen yeah, come hang out with us in Houston, Texas. You can uh, grab your tickets over at hostcon.com, uh, like short for convention. And uh, <laughs> currently, right now, tickets are early bird pricing. So you get 50% off of uh, general admission. And uh, it's it's pretty, I mean, I think it's pretty affordable. And I promise you, like, there, I think there's going to be like 400 people this year. Um, we're about 50% sold out. <laughs> and we've only we just announced it like three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. So um, yes, it's going to be quite I think it's going to be the number one. No, you know, what? let me take that back. I know it will <laughs> be the number one short term rental conference in the world. And I'm excited to I'm excited to see you in person. Actually, I think meet you in person, which is kind of crazy because we've talked so much over the years. I know it. I always get like, confused or shocked when I meet people in person, when I've only talked to them on zoom, because it, by height, I'm like, Oh my God, you are so uh, tall. Yeah. Or like, Oh my gosh, you're so tiny. I did not expect you. Know, I expect everybody to be the same height because of zoom. You definitely won't think I'm tall. I'm the, I'm the national average. I'm five foot eight. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> national average height. Um, so guys, I mean, Houston is a really easy place to get to just about wherever you live. Mm -hmm. There's a direct flight to Houston. And I love that. And I love, I mean, I, I love not having to, um, since I wake up at 4 a.m. Central, when I go to the West Coast, I wake up at 2 a.m. and can't go back to sleep. So <laughs> that's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to being in Central Time when I'm traveling. So yeah, it I know it's so about hot. me. You did it exactly for me. I know. I did. It, it won't be so <laughs> hot. It's like 100 degrees right now. It's like in October, you know, uh, everyone gets to get back for Halloween. And uh, honestly, like the speaking lineup is insane, but we really try to make it a little different by actually having uh, pretty intensive networking sessions and activities. And so most people that the goal is for them to leave and be like, I actually met friends that are doing this with me. Um, the really big change that I saw last year was everyone was kind of relieved that there was actually other hundreds of other crazy people in short-term rentals with them. Cause it was during all this alarmism and like they're being bust and all that stuff. And I think everyone got in, this, in the room together like, Oh, okay. It's, 
the sky isn't falling. Like this person right. is making a lot of money and so is this person. And so, yeah, that's my goal for this. Uh, so yeah, come hang out. Yeah, y'all do that. Come see us. And Rob, it's unlikely that people who are listening to this podcast aren't all already following you, but if they aren't, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me over on YouTube at Robilt, R-O-B-U-I-L-T, Instagram on Robilt as well. And of course, you can always find me a couple times a week over on the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Show, the OG of OGs. Indeed. I have listened to every single episode. And uh, it definitely, uh, just a quick Bigger Pockets plug, I owned no real estate when I first started listening to Bigger Pockets. And now it's been, uh, oh my gosh, longer than I'd like to admit, better part of a decade. And uh, we are very much financially independent through our real estate investment. So big shout out to Bigger Pockets. Always, cool. always shout out. I, I learned about you in the short term shop uh, from Bigger Pockets and Gatlinburg. And so you've had a really big influence on me from just being on the show. So it's like kind of a really crazy full circle moment, you know? It is. And that's what's cool about the real estate investing just subculture is like you can learn from everyone, but there's plenty for everyone to do. It doesn't have to be this big competition of like, no, I'm not going to teach you how to do this because I want all the rentals for myself because nobody could possibly own all the real <laughs> estate. So it's really cool that it's yeah. a very welcoming community and I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Put it all out there. It's give, give, give abundance mindset. There's enough for all of us. Yep. And on that note, Rob and I are going to stop singing Kumbaya. And I'm going to ask you the last three mm -hmm. questions of the show, which you've already answered one time. But first one, uh, what advice would you give 20-year-old Rob? Maybe that's changed since the last time you came on. Um, I guess oh, that's a hard one. The uh, My boilerplate answer is I would not give him advice and I would let him live his life exactly as he did it because everything, every mistake that 20-year-old Rob turned into future millions for 33-year-old Rob. Uh, in in real estate portfolio assets. So if you want like the the actual answer, I think it's like get in, invest as quickly as possible. And it doesn't mean you have to go and buy a house, but invest in the concept of getting into real estate, work for free, work for someone else, go work a flip with someone and, and give them your labor for free. You need to surround yourself around other people that are doing the thing that you want. And uh, because if you don't, you'll never do the thing that you want. Like if you want to be a real estate millionaire, you don't want to go work out. Sorry, you don't want to go work and hang out with nine to five people in advertising. You want to go work out. I don't know why I keep saying working out. Uh, you want to go and hang out with other real estate millionaires. It's the only way that you can get to the goal that you want. Agree with that 100%. And similar question, what advice do you have for a new short-term rental investor who's getting started today in Q3 of 2023? Weird time. Um, I would say it's a numbers game at this moment. Uh, pencil out a deal that fits within your buy box. Make the offer. It's not like making the offer means that they're going to handcuff you to the house. You still have time to figure it out. But the good deals go very, very quickly. And so if you find a house that comes available on Zillow or the MLS and it makes, makes you tingle on the inside and it seems too good to be true because it comps out great, make the offer. Just do it. And if it doesn't work out in due diligence, you can walk away, but you'll never know unless you did it because chances are other people are, are going to beat you to the punch if you don't act quickly. Also great advice. And last question, what's your favorite book that's impacted your mindset? Um, I, I commonly joke about this on the real estate show, the Burr Bible by David Green. It's just, it's called Burr, buy, rent, rehab, refinance, repeat. 
it teaches you the concept of not only long distance and distance investing, but building your dream team, your core four of people that will help run that flip. Those different concepts apply specifically to Airbnb. I, I call it the Airbnb Avengers. Same people, right? Your cleaner, your handyman, your landscaper, your pest control person, and uh, really the, those, and your pool maintenance person, I guess. Those are the people that run your property. So the Burr book will kind of teach you those fundamentals. I love David Green's books. I always recommend long distance real estate investing to our potential clients. Uh, he is a definite wealth of information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, Rob, thanks again so much for coming on. We hope to see all of you at HostCon at the end of October. And any any parting wisdom? I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yes, I have one thing. Please go to the Apple Podcasts uh, app or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave this podcast a five-star review because when you do that, it gets served up to new people and uh, this podcast can help change their life the way that many podcasts have changed ours. Thanks, Rob. Well, we'll leave it at that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me.